Morning, church family. Let us pause for a moment of prayer. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much to be able to come here and worship in freedom, Heavenly Father. This sanctuary we ask, this is your sanctuary, and we ask that you pour down the Holy, Holy Spirit in abundance. Open up our hearts and open up our minds. Let it be your words, not mine, Heavenly Father. We thank you in your Lord's and your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Today's study is called At Day's End While We Are Waiting. There was told a story about a young fireman, a first responder, and he was called along with his company to what they thought was a total loss, a house bursting in flames, a rickety old house. And there stood watching as the fire raged was a distraught mother crying out for someone, anyone, to save her two-year-old daughter. Much to the dismay of the fire company, a young firefighter came forth bravely. He said, here I am, I will go. And go he did. As the firemen held out the little girl from a window and dropped her safely into the net, the building collapsed around him. Twenty years since, by a gravesite with a statue of a fireman, stood a young girl crying, looking to heaven, giving thanks and prayer. A young man heard her lamentations, And he stopped and politely asked, Was that your father? Was that your brother? She replied in a whisper, No, that is the man who died for me. And I am praying that I have not wasted the gift that was given to me. That I have not wasted the gift that was given. Sounds familiar, don't it? Christ did something for humanity that no one else could do. And while we struggle with the finality of death, we should be more concerned about the finality of eternity. Think about this. Think about this. Everybody is going somewhere. Christ, by and through his grace, asking for our faith has provided a way to live with him throughout eternity. John 14, 1-3. Christ tells us, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. 
For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go there to prepare a place for you. And I go and prepare a place for all. And I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Do you believe Jesus Christ? Do you believe what he says? Do you put that in your heart? Christ doesn't lie. Christ either lived or he didn't, right? However, for me in faith, believing that Christ is truly the resurrected sovereign Lord over all, I willfully will choose life. Rather than opt out for the alternative in believing that he didn't. It is a simple decision, is it not? It should be a simple decision. Choose life. Amen. Choose Jesus. And what shall we do about it at the end of the day? You have to ask yourself, have we walked as Jesus did? Is anybody happier because you passed by? Does anybody remember words of kindness because you spoke to them today? Is there anybody who will say a kindly word about you? Can you say tonight in parting with the sun that's fading fast, did you help a single person of the many that you passed? Is a single heart rejoicing over what you did or said? Does a person whose hopes were fading now with courage looks ahead? Did you waste the day or lose it? Was it well or sorely spent? As you close your eyes to slumber, do you think that God will say, you have gained one more tomorrow through the work you did today, my good and faithful servant? I don't know where that came from, but whoever wrote it did a good job. What do you say? It's anonymous. And those are the best kind. Psalm 90, 9 to 12. We finish out years like a sigh, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. How did 2022 treat you? I am wonderfully happy to see it in the rear view. It has been a challenge. Or I say it was a challenge. The the holidays have come and gone. And so it is the beginning of another year. It is suggested that at this time we need to give thanks for what God had placed before us. Make an accounting of our efforts, our successes and our failures. There were quite a few last year. But I truly count my blessings. In my camp, life was a dichotomy of good and bad. Sickness and death overshadowed much of the year. But still we endeavored, and we placed it in the Lord's capable hands. For as the billboard on life's highway states, there is nothing too big or too small for God. So I say we must give everything over to him. 
Since God is everywhere, Hebrews 4.13 states, all things are naked and open to him to whom we must give account. He is at the political rallies. He is watching and hearing those making false promises to get the unsuspecting to cast their votes in favor of one way or the other. He's in the alleys where the drug deals take place. At the bar where the alcoholic gets drunk. He is seated in the boardrooms. He's at the sleazy strip clubs too. He has a seat in Congress, don't you know? He is watching as the Supreme Court passes judgments. He was at the Twin Towers on that fateful day as well. I must suggest that there was a time, though, when God was not present. Believe that? Yes, a place and time where the Lord was so repulsed by the totality of the world's sin and its actions being brought to bear upon his son, Jesus Christ, that caused the words from his only begotten to son, his only begotten son to call out, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Christ was abandoned by his father. This was a total new experience for Jesus. At the moment of Jesus passing, a three-hour supernatural darkness filled all the land. And it could be noted at that moment that that was the day when heaven frowned. Understand that God still loved him as Christ was doing the will of the Father at that moment. But since he bore the sins of the world, God's holiness was repelled. Habakkuk 1.13 You are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Exodus 15, 11. Who is like unto thee, O God, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Isaiah 6, 3. And this is about what the angels are doing right now. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Revelations 4, 8. And they rest not day and night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Now both those are from one Testimony, the Old Testament, and the New. And the key words, I might say, in Revelations are and is to come. And is to come. So while we are waiting, we look for words, we look for verses that give confidence to be certain, to give us confidence in our faith that Jesus will return. And I hope it's soon. I pray it's soon. In John 14.3, 14.28, Acts 1.11, and Luke 12.36, and we're going to go over these. We look at uh, John 14.3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again 
and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. John fourteen twenty eight, Ye have heard how I have said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Acts one eleven, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come again in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Luke 12.36 And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding that when he cometh and knocketh they may open unto the unto him immediately. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. So while we are waiting, Apostle Paul reasoned that God sent Christ, the sacrificial lamb of God. Romans 3, 25 to 36. As appropriation by his blood through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Amen. We will look at the scriptures of Apostle Paul and what encouragement he gave to the Christians of that time, for there is nothing new under the sun. So, as it was in the days of Noah, friends, so, as it was in the days of Lot, what's happening today? The same thing. The same thing. And it's probably worse. We have been under stress and have seen much tribulation. And at times, I have asked myself, and I'm sure you all have done the same, why should I carry on? Why should I keep going? Why should I put up with all this? Paul tells us in Titus 1, 2-3, It is in the hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began, but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandments of God our Savior. Go forth in my name, said Jesus, and preach to who? To where? All nations. Preach to all nations. John 1, 4, in him, that being Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of the world, the light of men. Paul is saying that he is carrying the torch which Jesus passed to him. That torch of the light of Jesus, that righteousness was given him by and through the holy command of Christ himself. We all know the story of Saul on the way to Damascus. The meeting on that road. Acts 9, 2-6, Jesus asked, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? 
Just as Saul was doing in those days, I think many of us are walking on that same road. We pursue our vanities like bees to honey. When we find out that all is vanity and our worldly pursuits are of no profit, we need to do as Paul, as Saul did, excuse me, and finally ask, finally ask, Lord, what will thou have me do? Should we not ask that question very early in the morning as we wake up? Should be on our knees. We should just ask God, what will thou have me do? Saul was blinded by the righteous light of Jesus. He was thrown from his horse. But in three days, he was wakened from his blindness and transformed into the Apostle Paul. Boom. As believers, we sit here today because we Gentiles were given the word through the exuberant zeal and understanding of God's word by the man first known as Saul of Tarsus. How can we sort it all out? How can we traverse the pitfalls of this world? Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Lord, I want to be loving. I want to be more holy. I want to be more like Jesus. So while we are waiting, while we are singing praises, Paul tells us, just as he told Titus, keep moving forward. There is nothing new under the sun. Nothing new. Titus 1, 5 to 16. Here, Paul is telling what the church leaders should be like and says, watch out for false teachings. And warns those false teachers, what should we do? We should rebuke them. We should speak out. We need to point out their fables and commandments of men. Anything that will turn the unsuspecting from the truth. We go to Titus 1, 15, 16. Unto things pure, let them be pure, but to unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in their works they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work a reprobate. We must be careful. We must stand diligent, friends. We must have our feet firmly placed upon the rock of Jesus Christ. The deepest sin committed against the human soul is to have them believe things without credible evidence. As Christ warned, if you lead my people astray, it would be better for you to find yourself at the bottom of the sea with a boulder chained around your neck. And that's my wording. A boulder chained around your neck. So be careful how you represent our Lord and Savior. Be careful what you say. 
Sound doctrine promotes excellency of character. Speak the things which become sound doctrine. Titus 2, 2-15 tells us how we need to behave as leaders, old men, young men, and women alike. There are huge responsibilities that are placed upon we who wish to believe, we who have labeled ourselves as Christian. How do we conduct ourselves? Eyes of the world are watching, and especially the young who are observing our behavioral examples. How should we consider our neighbors, our country, the government, the political three-ring circus that brings out the best in human kindness, doesn't it? Mm. I love the way they treat each other. Don't you? They're in the political arena. Whew. Look out. I really would never like to be a politician, you know what? <laughs> But, Titus 3, 1 to 4, we need to place ourselves in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to do every good work. Matthew twenty two twenty one. render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. Titus 3, 2, 3, we should speak evil of no man, not to be brawlers, but be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves, we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. As we take these things to our heart, we are only justified through God's mercy and his appropriation, Jesus Christ, and by this miracle. Titus 3, 4, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Amen for that. Remember, there is nothing that we can do by our own power to achieve righteousness. It is by and through our weaknesses, through prayer, our humility, our dying before the cross of Jesus, that Christ's power is made manifest. So in our, wake, our, in our weakest, in our darkest hours, that's where Jesus shows his shining face to us. All we need to do is ask. Ask and you will receive. Ask and he will lift you up, make you whole again. This is his promise to help us to overcome all our weaknesses our frailties, and our lack of certain human amenities. A dear friend of mine told me that it's only by and through constant prayer that they can have the power, the much-needed love that is required to love humans. They said, I love dogs. I love cats. I like cows, birds, and even an occasional snake. But I have no problem with that. But forgiveness of others? Patience when tried by others? 
Whew, I don't know. I just don't know. So we must power up through prayer to escape the worldly trappings. We must power up to love instead of hate. Only through Christ's love, mercy, and grace are we able to replicate his walk. And it is a hard walk to follow, isn't it not? It becomes tough. To wear and take on the doctrine of Jesus our Savior, we must acquire his mindset. How do we do that? Our likes and dislikes, our desire to favor self and disadvantage others has to be overcome. Has to be overcome. Let the peace of our God rule in your heart. Christ must be the center and in us become a living, working power. (coughs) Excuse me. E.G. White, Messages 39, 1896. Excuse me. How shall we overcome our frailties? Sanctification by and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Sounds like that statement is shot from a gun. Boom. Sanctification by and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Titus 3, 5 to 6. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, But according to his mercy, he saved us by and through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We have to claim the promises which Jesus said he would provide. We cannot be idle in this. We have to lead out in prayer and good works. Titus 3, 8, 9. This is the faithful saying. And these things I will that thou will affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. And how should we achieve this? Avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law. For they are unprofitable and vain. Sola sola Scriptura. Bible and Bible alone. Help us this year, I pray. Lord, as we wait for your return, we should not be lacking to create a new zeal for your word. Let us all ask, what will you have us do, Lord? The world will keep turning. Let us not be unknowing, but place all things in God's capable hands. Jesus already told us what would be coming in Matthew 24, 4 to 8. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. 
and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Do we see it happening? Are you aware? God does not want us to have our heads buried in the sand. God wants us to study. He wants to look here. He wants to place himself into our hearts. He wants us to lead out in prayer and good works. Let us be diligent in that. Let us pray, Lord, while we are waiting, let us stand firmly on your promises and in the Holy Spirit. And I pray that today's study has been a benefit and added a renewal of faith and has been a blessing to this Sabbath day. Amen. I want to be more like Jesus in my heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day that you have blessed us with. We ask us, we ask in your Son's holy name that you be with us through this coming week, Heavenly Father, that you shore us up, Heavenly Father, because we cannot surely stand on our own without you. Heavenly Father, Give us mercy, give us kindness, most of all, give us hope. Heavenly Father, thank you. We sense that you were here with us today. Thank you in Lord Jesus' name, amen.